0: Good morning. It's Wednesday, February 15th. I'm Shamita Basu. This is Apple News Today. On today's show, the Michigan State mass shooting and the larger impact of gun violence in America, why Ukraine wants Western fighter jets, and the mysterious shrinking American vacation. But first, residents of East Palestine, Ohio, are worried about the safety of their air, soil, and drinking water. Train cars carrying hazardous chemicals derailed and caught fire in the town earlier this month. Toxic black smoke filled the skies. Thousands evacuated. Crews released some of the chemicals from the train cars, trying to prevent a giant explosion. Local officials now say that the water is safe to drink, and the EPA says air quality seems okay. But residents, who have now been back for about a week, worry about their health. NPR reports that people are saying they feel a burning sensation in their eyes. They see animals getting sick, and a strong odor is hanging over the town. Ohio environmental officials say thousands of fish in area waters are dead across miles of streams. Local Kathy Reese says that's evidence that things are still dangerous. Don't tell me it's safe. Something's going on if the fish are floating in the creek. One of the chemicals on board was vinyl chloride. Exposure can cause a number of health problems, including liver damage or cancer. Business owners and residents have filed multiple lawsuits against the rail operator Norfolk Southern. The company says it's providing funds to help the community with the cost of evacuations, cleanup, and recovery. Federal transportation and environmental agencies are investigating why the derailment happened and monitoring the ongoing impact of the pollution. East Palestine resident Ben Ratner talked to NBC about living through all of this uncertainty. I feel like there's not an immediate risk, but I definitely feel like there's a long-term risk as far as things that are seeping into the ground. We're being told that things are safe, but it's just deep down, you feel like how can things already be back at a level where we can be back to normal? For him, this has been an especially surreal experience. In 2021. Ratner and his family signed up as extras in a movie that was filming in Ohio. The movie's called White Noise. And the plot, a train derailment, triggers an explosion that fills the air with toxic fumes, causing an environmental disaster. Ratner told CNN that he tried to rewatch the movie a few days ago, but he couldn't finish it. He said, all of a sudden, it hit too close to home. Today, the Michigan State community is mourning the deaths of three students killed on Monday night by a gunman who later fatally shot himself. The victims were Alex Verner, known as a dedicated student, Brian Frazier, president of his fraternity, and Ariel Anderson, whose goal was to become a pediatrician. For some Michigan State families, this wasn't their first mass shooting. Andrea Ferguson talked to NBC about how her daughter was a student at the high school in Oxford, Michigan, where four students were killed in 2021. This isn't what we send our kids to school for. This shouldn't be happening. And and I don't know what the answers are. I I don't know how, I don't know what the answers are. I don't have the answers. On TikTok, another Michigan State student named Jackie Matthews told the story of how she hid in a classroom corner during the Sandy Hook elementary school shootings. The fact that this is the second mass shooting that I have now lived through is incomprehensible. It's not okay. We can no longer allow this to happen. We can no longer be complacent. When people talk about mass shooting victims, they're often talking about people killed and wounded. But there are other victims, people like Jackie Matthews, People who are traumatized from being so close to death, even if they escaped it. Think of all the thousands of people at Michigan State in hiding while the gunman was on the loose. The Washington Post has a long-term project tracking these kinds of victims in school shootings. Its data finds that 338,000 children have been exposed to gun violence at school since 1999. The project is meant to recognize the widespread psychological damage of gun violence. And the Post says it will keep counting. Western allies say the long-awaited Russian offensive is happening. Russian forces are making small gains against Ukraine, as Moscow has sent thousands of fresh troops into the fight. The news is raising the stakes of a meeting of NATO allies this week, which includes the U.S. Defense Secretary. One key topic is whether to provide fighter aircraft to Ukraine. President Volodymyr Zelensky has been asking for this for months. We have freedom. Give us wings to protect it. President Biden has ruled out supplying F-16s for now. There are concerns that Russia would see this as a dangerous escalation, since the jets could be used to strike deep into Russia. But other NATO countries have said that they could be open to giving Ukraine fighter jets. We've seen this play out before, most recently with tanks. The U.S. was reluctant to provide them at first. Then some NATO countries signaled support— and eventually, Ukraine got a commitment from the U.S. and others. Even if Ukrainian pilots do get access to American-made fighters, they might not make an impact on the war immediately. Ukraine's Air Force currently flies Soviet-era aircraft. The Wall Street Journal spoke to military aerospace analyst Douglas Bari about the challenge of switching planes. You can't just take somebody out of a Soviet design combat aircraft and expect them to be able to fight to the same level the next day. Even with an experienced fast jet pilot, there is a period of conversion. So just to get used to the aircraft, it displays how it handles. And then you also got to learn how to fight the aircraft. There's also the need to train mechanics to maintain the new jets and supply the right parts. But Ukraine is optimistic and has reportedly identified 50 pilots who could start training immediately. When it comes to getting new weapons, persistence has paid off for Ukrainian commanders in the past. Finally, let's turn to a mystery about declining vacation time in the United States. The Washington Post dug deep into some obscure government data, and it found that compared to 40 years ago, Americans are half as likely to be taking a week-long vacation. Now, you might think that it's because companies don't offer much time off. The U.S. does lag far behind other wealthy countries in vacation benefits. But the Post reports that the number of paid vacation days here went up in recent years. So what's happening? Why aren't people taking a full week off very often anymore? One reason the post points to is the rise of PTO plans, which lump together sick days, personal days, and vacation days. Under these policies, workers may feel pressure to take shorter vacations and stockpile their PTO for emergencies or sick days. This story goes deep into the data, and it definitely feels like you are unraveling a mystery as you go. It's got lots of charts and graphs comparing vacation trends, And you'll learn which job blows every other one away when it comes to using vacation time. You can read that story and many more in the Apple News app. And if you're already listening in the News app right now, stick around. We have a narrated article about Austin, Texas coming up next. It used to be known as a quirky, laid-back town, The New Yorker reports on how it's transformed as waves of people from New York, LA, and Silicon Valley have poured in. So sit back, enjoy listening to that, and I'll be back with the news tomorrow.